Fourth Wall Studios in New York, even though we're really in New Jersey. Kind of like WrestleMania is built in New York, but it's really in New Jersey. Welcome to a special edition of Monday Afternoon Aftermath. Listen in as Doc and Bones bring you the results and reactions from WrestleMania 35 as they were there live from MetLife Stadium. And without further ado, introducing your host. He is a real American. He fights for the rights of every man. He fights for what's right and fights for your life. Introducing the Hulkamaniac, Doc Haas. What you gonna do, brother, when Hulkamania, when Docamania, when Wrestlemania, wild, honey, oh man, I got no voice, dude. That's not even like a made-up voice. This is how I sound right now. I, I give you credit for even trying to do that. Oh, this is how I sound right now. Wow. Um, Well, WrestleMania, live and in person for the fourth wall was awesome. Um, The event, the tailgate with all our friends at the WrestleAddict Radio family, it was awesome. We had great time. We had great trivia. We had great, great (laughs) cornholing. Great cornholing. And all around great kayfabe throughout the entire night um let's just get right into it and i'm going to start i'm going to start with some i want to get the complaint out of the way first because there was a lot of really good that happened a lot of yeah. really good happened the show this was the baby face wrestlemania it's if, if if you like faces this was the night for you I before it, i even get into that i called it you did call saying, it, i called it weeks you did, ago you did call it man everyone you debated did, man. no it can't happen it can't happen what well, why not and guess what it did happen Look at you, man. dude you absolutely called it dude we were talking about it uh me and cologne on the ride home last night too you did you were talking all day. He's like, he's the baby face WrestleMania. And I kept telling you that I thought Daniel Bryan was going over. And, and, and a part of me was with you, man. It was either Daniel Bryan or Brock. Something was going to happen. Brock wasn't going over because I knew DC was a real thing. I'm pretty sure DC him facing Cormier is a real thing. Either way, before we get into all that, I want to talk about my, my biggest complaint and you know, a lot of the uh, lot of what we're reading today, especially even in the local media here in New Jersey, not just the world of wrestling and dirt sheets like NJ.com and all our local things. There's, there's a couple of negatives. One, obviously, the transportation situation with New Jersey Transit afterwards, which we, was an absolute We apologize disaster. for New Jersey Transit on behalf of the state we live in. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Um, sad thing with this is this doesn't seem to be all New Jersey Transit's like fault. Apparently, from what I'm reading, this is from NJ.com, so it's not dirt sheet. New Jersey Transit reported they were told the show was ending at 10.30. Um, obviously, if you were there, the show ended at 12.30. Um, they were planning on only running trains until 1 o'clock. Um, obviously, the first train to leave shouldn't have been leaving till 1 o'clock, you know, so that people could actually get on it. And these are trains to Secaucus where you can transfer it to the rest of the state. You can't have that sort of brain fart. WWE and New Jersey Transit need to be on the same page there because New Jersey Transit has rules. They can't, guys, you know, train engineers can only work a certain amount of hours. It's not even a want. There's rules against it. They will get in trouble. So that's an issue. This happened during the Super Bowl, I think. This happened during WrestleMania. I remember waiting for a long time to catch a train after WrestleMania 29, which ended a lot earlier 
and this WrestleMania did. So these are issues that need to be worked out by WWE, by MetLife Stadium, by Transit, if they ever want to keep hosting big events like this here. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they made there was so much money was made last night, and uh, and they have a point where they may not come back again because they can't figure out something as simple as this. Mm. I mean, New Jersey Transit. This is a new station they opened up in the past ten years, and we've been the people wanted it for years. Now let's get it right. Um, let's talk about why it went to twelve thirty because, including the pre-show, the card was seven and a half hours long. Listen, I can handle seven and a half hours of rest. I think most people can with the well-booked card. Right. Uh, I don't really think they need to shorten the card. Just start the damn card earlier. Start the pre-show at three. There was was there any reason why you didn't need why you needed to start the pre-show at five? You start the pre-show at three. Your main events are still in prime time, and everybody's got energy still. I mean, I was, dude, I was hurting in the last match. I was really having, and kudos to Becky and Ronda and Charlotte. I was still interested in the match, and Becky winning really. I mean, I marked out. I still had enough. I took every. I hooked up every ounce of energy that I had to mark out for Becky Lynch at the end of that match. But I shouldn't have had to. Right. I shouldn't have had to. Yeah. You know, that should have happened at 10.30 at night and not 12.30. Yeah, and I, I give the three of them a lot of credit, too, because, like, they had to wait back there all fucking day to go on at, like, 12 midnight. That's uh, that's absurd. It's absurd. That's absurd, it's but, you know, the, they are athletes, ridiculous. and they are trained athletes who are probably in the best shape of their life so i give them a lot of credit though because they but, still put on a fucking great performance and it shows yeah and, and kudos to that and also you remember these are athletes athletes are creatures of habit man you right. know wrestling shows they wrestle at the same times every night they wrestle they work out at the same times every day they eat at the same times every day their regimen is what makes them impressive physical specimens and impressive athletes you know, so that's kind of a break in their routine. But like you said, kudos to them. We're still doing great. Apparently, Ronda broke her hand in the middle of the match last night. So the MetLife really? Stadium wrestling. Oh, you didn't hear that? No, yeah, I did not hear that. She broke her hand last night. So no if that's the case. The MetLife main event, WrestleMania curse continues. So mm-hmm. Of course, remember The Rock tore his 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 his, his pack, I think. Tear again? Was it his pack, his pack, I think it yeah. was, yeah. Or it might have been his thigh. What's the name of the muscle in the thigh? What's that muscle? Your quad. Yeah, quad. I think he tore his quad. Yeah, and I made a bet against Cena in 29. So the the curse of the WrestleMania WrestleMania MetLife main main event continues. (laughs) Um, Not that it was ever a curse. I just kind of made that up. Just go with it. Go with it, fam. So before we go a little more in-depth to... To um to Becky and Charlotte and uh, Rondo, let's just talk about the idea of moving WrestleMania earlier. Do uh do you think that's something that really is feasible, Bones? I definitely think so, and I think that would also attract maybe even more people to the event, especially now with the precedent that they've set over the past few years. We were talking about earlier how people are expecting now to be there for close to ten hours. Because the events become right. so long, and uh, I think it'll definitely entice more people to want to go to the shows, even if, like, like you said, like I'm okay with seven and a half hours of wrestling. I- I'm a wrestling right. fan, so I can handle it, but just allow me to be awake and, and fully enjoy it. I want to be able to enjoy it when I have the energy for it, and doing it earlier, I think, is, is the key point. That's a selling point right there. 
Yeah, right. Even like I was my my cousin Gary was there with us yesterday with his kids, Zach and Luke, and I think they would have no problem watching seven hours of wrestling. And they're they're I think like eleven and eight or somewhere around that age range. But I think I think that would have been fine. It's just it was too late. It's too late of a night for kids that age. And when a lot of your clientele is kids, you know you can't forget about your clientele, right? That doesn't right. It's it's not. You have to know who's watching. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like it's not. We're not doing attitude era things where kids shouldn't be watching. Kids can watch what WWE has to offer. Right, you know, it's still a very kid friendly product, except for the timing. So I think they need to make that right starting next year. Um, I think they need to adjust it for all pay per views they want to do longer, you know, such as the Rumble and Survivor Series and SummerSlam and Money in the Bank. I usually think of those as the yeah, big four, big five. But you know, and there's just no reason. Um, it's even time zone differences. People people will start watching WrestleMania at noon in Los Angeles. That's not an issue for wrestling fans, I don't think. No. Yeah. I would I would love that. Could you imagine? Right. Oh, I, I actually I love those those like weird time cards sometimes where like mm-hmm. it starts starts in the morning because the show's in Australia or yeah. or Saudi Arabia or wherever. I kinda like those cards or Japan. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, let's actually get into the main event, the first ever women's main event of the women's triple threat match between Ronda Rousey, the Raw Women's Champion, or the then Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, the then SmackDown Women's Champion, and the man, the now everything champion of the whole entire WWE Women's Wrestling World. It might have been late in the night. We might have been out of it. But we made sure Becky got to hear it from us. And I think most of the Giant Stadium, or I'm sorry, MetLife Stadium, uh, gave you that roar of approval. And I, I, I can't wait to watch on TV to see how all the pops came across. Apparently, uh, the Kofi one came across really good. I want to hear how this one came across because it was late. It was very, very late. It was very late at that point. And I think, unfortunately, more people were, as soon as the bell rang, they were kind of getting up and starting to leave. So I... I definitely felt a lot, um, a lot more energy in the stadium for the Kofi pop. Kofi's pop was hot, and it was hot. that was an emotional, emotional pop too for him. It was um, that was good. I mean, I I definitely cried. I think I had my WrestleMania moment right there. Me, me and Kofi, we had that moment right there together. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was awesome. Uh, we can go and just talk about that a bit. Um, match of the night. Definitely. Moment, we're gonna be wa- yeah, we're going to be watching that Kofi Kingston. We're going to be seeing that in highlight montages for years. Yes. That whole segment with him in the New Day. And I um, think that the was hot. the best Daniel Bryan match we've seen in a while, too. I mean, I mean his, uh, his, that, I, his other matches were like really good wrestling matches, but this one had a little more to it. And I think this was probably Daniel Bryan's match, best match since he's been back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the. Maybe the best singles match of Kofi's career. It's got to be the best singles match Hands down. of Kofi's career. If, if overall match, not even just singles. Mm-hmm. Who am I kidding? That was amazing. Yeah. Um, they, they had the place in the palm of their hands. Everybody's eyes were just glued to the ring or the big screen for the entirety of that match. And, you know, like we said, this was like you were saying earlier, this was the babyface WrestleMania. The crowd got what they wanted. I I had a gut feeling that Daniel Bryan was going to leave with the belt. I don't know why. I just had it. And uh, I'm happy I was wrong with him. I'm happy I got to be a part of that. Yeah. 
uh, uh, just an absolute storytelling clinic. Um, there was technical wrestling. There was just great back and forth. There was so much emotion coming out of the ring. You could just really feel, feel this feud between Kofi and the New Day and, and DB. I think this was probably the most important win of well, one of Kofi's career and the most important win of WrestleMania 35 because now that Kofi has this win, WWE can get rid of that stigma of never having an African-American WWE champion, you know, and now there's no more question, well, is The Rock African, is he black or is he Samoan? Or did Mark Henry's championship run when he had the big gold belt? Did that count when it didn't? Because that was a totally different title. Now right, Kofi title. is part of that lineage, that WWE championship lineage, the same belt that Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan carried and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So now this broke barriers for so many reasons. And now, again, WWE now doesn't have that stigma anymore of never having it. And now this opened up so many more doors for the younger the, the younger talent right and and Kofi's win for that title the WWE championship was treated as the number one title last night mm-hmm. like yes. it was not the universal championship match um to get into that match a nice little transition I like it um I I loved there was a lot of matches on this card where I, I questioned the placement Universal title match was not one of them. That whole segment was it, awesome. It so, made sense. It made sense starting with with Heyman's first promo. Sorry to cut you off, uh, but with Heyman's yeah. first promo, it's like mm-hmm. if we're not mm-hmm. going to be the main event, then we're going to get this done and over with. And I love this little jab to hey, we're going to go fly out uh, to Vegas where Brock is ultimately appreciated. Little stab in there. I like that. Yeah, I know. It was good. It was vintage Heyman, classic Heyman, the Heyman you want to see. Uh, but we got to talk about the whole segment leading up to that. Um, Alexa Bliss coming out to announce the hosting festival to uh, do announce uh, the beginning of WrestleMania as the host um, in the parking lot. Announcing. Uh, <laughs> Not you, Alexa. Announce uh, the beginning of WrestleMania as the. It just repeated what I said. <laughs> Go to sleep, Alexa. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> she she comes out and announces and announces that WrestleMania has begun, and with the snap of her fingers, the man who I anticipated would be appearing, Hulk Hogan comes out. I was taking so much flack in the parking lot because I was so pumped for the opportunity to see Hulk Hogan come out to Real Americans. I've never seen that in person. I've seen Hogan in person, mm-hmm. not Real American. I was ready for that moment. I've been ready for that moment since I was a five-year-old child. Anybody who doesn't get it was either A, not a 1980s wrestling child, and B, has no soul. It was awesome. Yeah. You can fuck off if you don't understand why I wanted to see that Hulk Hogan moment. I freaked the hell out. I believe there's video I have it somewhere. on video. Yes, you do have it on video. The Hulk up and my ass crack hanging out. <laughs> I was... I, will, I am not afraid to admit that I was shit can drunk. <laughs> I was. It was amazing. It was a culmination of my '80s childhood wrestling fandom, and uh, I, that was so cool. I've been holding on to that Hulk Hogan shirt for a long time to get to do that. So I had my WrestleMania moment 
really freaking early in the night. But then, out of nowhere, here comes Heyman. It was perfect. What a heel intro. He just comes strutting out like Hulk Hogan doesn't even fucking matter. And it's a my client wants to get down to business if he's not made of it. Like you said, perfect. Great, efficient, very NXT-like storytelling. Very. Very yes. cool. Yes. Match was not a very NXT-like match. It was a very Rock Lesnar match. Yes. It started off as the same old shit, and we were all chanting that at the yeah. beginning because it was the same old shit. And that's everywhere. I'm still on the fence on how I feel about the low blow. I feel like the low blow is becoming a staple now in a lot of WWE storylines in terms of who their big baby faces are. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but I figure, you know what? You got to do what you got to do to win. I like... It's almost like... Of a show of a lack of respect that the locker room has for Lesnar, having Raw just say, you know what, I don't give a fuck about you. That, or that's I don't how give a I fuck take about it. my pride when it comes to you. I'm just gonna kick you into fucking balls. I'm gonna stomp you three times, and I'm gonna take our fucking championship back. Three. That's what it takes times. for me to. Yeah, that's what it takes for me to fucking do it. It and it worked. The place was hot, man. And you know what? And that shows the respect that Brock has for Seth for going, you know what? You're going to give me three of those curb stomps, and I'm going to take them, and I'm going to sell the shit out of them for you. So that just shows how much respect Brock has for Seth. So people talk shit about Brock, but I think Brock is a very good sportsman. No, no, I think I think Brock, when it's time for him to do the job, he does it right. He, yeah. Sometimes I guess you know, and he he can be professional can make, when 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 I guess he feels it's right. Yeah, and I know people bring up Roman Reigns and they bring up Braun Strowman, but like mm-hmm. it never just occurred to you also that maybe the Reigns and obviously Reigns wasn't ready. He wasn't over. Strowman wasn't ready. He can't cut a freaking promo. Nope. You know so. Can you blame Brock for saying, hey, I don't want a job out to these guys. Like, they have no business being in the ring. Seth Rollins is a different story. He can cut a promo. He knows how to win the fans. He knows how to win the audience. He's a great professional wrestler. So what's going to happen to the Universal title picture now, you think? It's going to be a lot more prevalent. Um, Maybe AJ Styles flips the Raw, like we say, and we get Seth AJ leading into SummerSlam. That's a dream match right there. That's a dream match, man. What's going to happen with, um, what do you think is happening with Roman and Drew? Do you think that's going to culminate in the Universal title picture now? Well, let's talk about that match, and let's talk about that whole situation in general. Uh, I do think... That Roman within the year, Roman Reigns faces Seth Rollins. Mm. Um, I don't know who's heel or face. We're going to have to watch stories and see what's trending. Um, I don't know if you do heel Rollins again. I think I think we need to do heel Roman before we do heel Rollins again. But that's a whole debate for another day. Let's talk about what we saw at Mania. Of course, Roman beating Drew. And what I think is almost like a de facto number one contenders match for Universal title. But... Roman versus Rollins. That's a little wrench. There's a there's a there's a wrench in that plan because do you want to do the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins thing that quick? I feel like you need to. Or you want to put it off that, for a while. You gotta let that grow a bit. There has to be more seeds planted for that. Um, you could bring AJ over. I think and do AJ and Seth right away. Um, but just going back to Roman, I'm not sure where Roman goes on the card right now. 
Does he, I mean, you can maybe he can continue with Drew. They can do a rematch of Backlash. Um, I I can see maybe. them doing that because they've they have not had a one on one match on Raw yet, have they? No, I think that was I'm pretty sure that was Roman's first singles match since his return. So right. no singles match on Raw. So they could do this at Backlash. They can give him closer to 20 minutes and really let them try to show like, hey, we can put on a good match. And we, we know they're both capable of putting on great matches, like each one individually. Yes, and we've and seen, we've it, happen, seen so. it happen before. Right. But yeah, right. I, I think these two work really well off each other, and I think this match can continue uh, to possibly a, a, a three-match series. Have Drew win the right. next one, and then at that point, we'll see who's more over, and then you have someone where maybe that could be the official number one contenders match down the road. Right. To kind of keep right. the maybe two of them. Down the road. It's like, hey, these two are main event players, but they're not going to be in the title picture yet. Give, now that now that we have the universal title back on TV, have Seth maybe have an open challenge and allow some other people to kind of get an opportunity and have a moment on Raw before you get the the big guns in, like you know, or the big dogs. I see what I did there, Roman <laughs> and Drew. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. I hope that's the road they go down. Uh, the biggest problem in this match, once again, was placement on the card. Placement. I thought this match should have been switched with the match we'll talk about next, the women's tag title match. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great moment on the team that's really been growing on me since I've gotten to know, like, I've gotten to hear them talk about themselves more and not just cut, like, silly fucking promos that make silly jokes at wrestlers like I need a little more substance and now I kind of enjoy the silly jokes a little more now that I see the substance behind their 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 friendship and their it's a really special unique relationship Peyton and, and Billy have and you know reminiscent of like a Harlem Heat reminiscent of a uh, um, Edge and Christian their relationship isn't just special. It is iconic. Oh my name! I, ha- I had and there's our baby face. I had to get and there's our baby face. <laughs> I face think that was bones. a a great great win for the iconics last night. That's awesome. They had their moment. Uh, I really I really appreciated the emotion, the real life emotion, the shoot emotion. If you will, that they that they showed after they won the titles, as they as they were hugging each other and hugging the titles, I appreciated right. that. And because you know they they looked good in that match, they looked really good, the, and they definitely deserve it. And more importantly, you just said it. The wrestling since I've noticed it really since Elimination Chamber. Yes, I really feel like they, they just started to get in that match. Yeah, they're starting to get a, a lot more comfortable in the rain on the main roster. And it, it makes a big difference. It's unbelievable, you know, just how good at being a good in-ring wrestler makes a difference in, in how you're received by the audience. Right. And I know a lot of people thought the Boston Hug Connection were going to retain because it's too soon for them to lose. But I also think that this women's tag division, in a way, is kind of an experiment to see, you know, what teams they can actually start creating and how much substance they're going to be able to add to this division. So I think we're going to see, I don't want to say hot potato because people could take that, you know, like we have a new champ every week kind of thing. And it's not like that, but I think we could see some pretty quick title changes for a while. Uh, I, uh, for the first, I would say for at least for the, throughout the first year of the, of the, the title's existence, just to kind of see, you know what? What teams are, are are we are they creating from backstage that could that mesh well, ah! better than others? And I think we're going to start seeing some more some more depth in the tag division that way. Yeah, I, I 
I can see where your head's at there. My problem is with that is who are the other teams that you, you can put up there with the Boston Hug connection, the Iconics, and if we're gonna, if they're going to stay around, I mean, there's Beth Phoenix hanging around, or is just the WrestleMania and done thing? Yeah, who knows? Uh, I'm pretty sure she's done. I mean, she has two, three kids. And that's a cool team. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I cool mean, team, man. I think they're a great team. <laughs> But I think, unfortunately for Beth Phoenix, she was just ahead of her time. And I think, I don't think, she looks great in the ring, by the way, last night. She looks awesome. She did not oh, skip a beat. Man. No, she, she looks, looks great. really good, dude. But yeah, but I don't really think she, really think she would come back to this full-time or even part-time. I absolutely left impressed with uh, Beth Phoenix's performance. Like, one yeah. of the better, you know, when they bring, when they bring Legends back, he's always hit or miss. That was one of the better ones. Okay, can we talk about Legends real quick? They had... The backstage segment, this was later on in the night. This was after the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and they had those two jokers from SNL fame, uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che, in the trainer's room, icing their like heads and their arms and shit, and Alexa Bliss came in to apologize to them, and then she said she's going to get them the best help, and who fucking walks out of the door? Two doctors, and who are the doctors? Fucking Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. <laughs> How awesome was that? How that was fucking cool. awesome was that? Very, very unexpected. It was. I, I loved it. And then fucking Kevin Nash has the putting the rubber glove on. It was hysterical. <laughs> and you know the- what? I want to touch on that note. We just recently talked about WrestleMania 20 about how the production value of that of that event made it feel like it was a glorified Monday Night Raw with all the backstage segments. There wasn't a lot of backstage segments because of the amount of matches, but the ones that they did have, I think were strategically placed in the right spots throughout the night, and they were all they all had that comedic value where it actually meant something. It wasn't it didn't leave you wondering like what the hell did I just watch? And I really I really I really appreciated that. Yeah, and it's crazy like once again, another pay-per-view with scaled-down production. Like, the stage this year was nowhere near as insane as last year's stage. And, and year's it didn't need to be. It didn't need it to didn't be. I think the size be. of that fucking thing was enough. It didn't have to be elaborate. It just had to be fucking big. Like, dude, how many LED lights do you think were in that fucking thing? Dude, the lighting was awesome. The lighting. I, I, know love, there was a, I know there was issues in the beginning of the night with the Styles and Orton match. Very, and very back. little, though. Yeah. Once they figured that out, the lighting was awesome for the night. I, I loved the whole I red and yellow ambiance throughout the stadium all night. Yeah. That Hulkamania feel. The, the production was awesome. Yeah. I, I hope WWE continues down this road for production. It gave it more of a big fight feel to me. Yes, I want a big fight. Feel it. That helps the illusion of pro wrestling come across better, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Agreed. So, really, really, kudos to the production on that. Mm-hmm. As I thought, the backstage segments are well placed. What I didn't find out wasn't as well. What I found wasn't so well placed was the Batista Triple H match in the card. Um, it's funny at the event. We weren't really into the match. It was it was no. slow. They, Batista looked really gassed and out of sh- and uh, 
out of shape in terms of like ring shape. You know, obviously he's in great shape, but you know, out of ring shape, he just seemed, you know, he tripped getting into the getting ring, in. which was, which was the meme of WrestleMania. Yeah. And did you, did you see those videos? He looked like he was really out of breath trying to get into yeah. the ring. Uh, either way, this match, I think should have been flipped on the cards where Shane McMahon and Mrs. match was, they should have yeah. flipped those two matches. Those were the two, those were the, those were the matches, uh, Including the, and also the women's tag and the Roman Reigns match, where I right. thought card placement could have been better. Uh, this match, I've read a lot of like stuff online, a lot of reviews online today, where uh, they stated that this match actually came off pretty good on TV. Uh, um, have you watched it yet? Have you gotten to sit down with uh, and not, watch TV? No. no, I haven't either. Um, I was out buying a cat all day today. There you go, a little yeah, kitty man. cat, a little kitty cat, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it just was. They just seemed like the. They seemed like the dads trying to keep up with their kids still. Yep, that's you know? exactly how it went. And, and honestly, with Triple H winning, did this match really have to happen this year? It it did because uh, Batista went online afterwards, and he officially retired now from sports entertainment. So what he wanted is he wanted to have his last match with Triple H. I think at this point he wanted to go out on his back. He wanted to lose to H, and then and and he wanted to call it. So even though Triple H's career was on the line, it was actually Batista's career that was on the line essentially. Yeah, why not do a career versus career angle? That was so right. right? Instead, of, instead of keeping it so one sided, there where everyone really thought that Batista may win, and like you had said, you had me, you made me a believer, thinking it was going to continue at least for the next year. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe Batista. Waited till after the match, just like fuck this man. That heard that was kind of the reaction Shawn Michaels had for himself after the Saudi Arabia event. He was just like fuck this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're out of the ring for that long, it's tough, and you yeah. get older, and it gets harder. Definitely. I mean, H though and Batista did have some pretty cool moments, interesting moments, like with the pliers when Triple H pulled the earring out of his nose and stuff like that. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. It was interesting. I felt like it, it wasn't really. I'm not gonna say out of character for Triple H, but it was. It's not what you would expect to see Triple H and Batista face for the first time in however many years. You know. And, oh, and they also had the problem that the Spanish announce table and <laughs> all the announce tables were made out of steel, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but dude, I, again, I give them credit because they were taking bumps on those tables, and you know it hurts that much more when there's no give. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, I guess I would have liked to have seen more violence in this match. Yeah. You know? It's a shame we live in a world where they don't, like, you know, actively produce color anymore. Really? I don't know if that's a shame. I'm sure bleeding isn't good for you. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, sometimes, I, I, you know, I, I would really never miss that. Oof. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine just bleeding myself for the hell of it. Oh, you know, the old school. Guys took old school guys took pride in time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So, yeah. Once again, that was an underwhelming match of the night. You know, it's always cool to see Triple H. He's got a cool entrance. Yeah. I thought Batista's entrance was cool too. Yes. Um, There there were some cool entrances last night. The coolest entrance of the night. We didn't talk about it earlier. We were talking about the women's title match. Um, Was was Charlotte recreating Ric Flair's? 1985 Great American Bash entrance. Yes. With the whole helicopter. Awesome. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that was that. badass. Yeah. That, 
That was pretty cool. Um, I think also Seth Rollins' entrance was really cool too, with the whole Beast Slayer thing, and he had like the picture. Right. Uh, it was like the image of uh, of the tattoo on Brock's back with the sword. That that was I like that. I dug that. Seth Rollins is the best like championship celebration too when he swings the belt around. Yes, I love that. I love, I love that. that. So hyped. Yeah, that's right. That. Really, yeah, dude, exactly. It gets you hyped. Yeah. Such a good face. Yeah. Um, we just we briefly I mentioned the Shane McMahon and uh, Miz match, and we'd be uh, doing a quite big disservice if we didn't talk about that a little bit. Um, that was a really good match. Yes. And man, that super dude, that suplex spot. That was awesome. Yeah, they they it was really good. I liked how they really kept true to the to the gimmick match, false kind of where they spent the majority of it outside of the ring, which is what yep. the match is made for. Really cool spots. I liked how Miz looked strong the entire time. And then it was just a fluke victory that Shane won because Shane's arm happened to be on top of the Miz, so Shane gets the victory. So now I like this. So now where does this feud go from here? Because you know it's not over yet. Right, which is surprising. We thought this was all going to be done, Mm -hmm. but it looks like we're going to continue this into deeper into 2019. Um, I think so. I want to see what comes uh, out of this because the Miz still has to defend his father's honor. After false count anywhere now, where do you go? Hell in a Cell, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, maybe they do a Hell in a Cell match at Backlash. I'm not, I'm not sure how to pose that idea. That'd be a good selling point for Backlash. What if the feud continues, but it's like a side feud for both Sean, uh, Sean I'm sorry, Shane and Miz? What if Shane gets involved elsewhere and tries to insert himself into the championship picture towards Money in the Bank? And so does Miz. And then they meet again at Money in the Bank. I think that could be interesting too if they both end up uh, in the title picture. And Shane's never done a Money in the Bank match. And like maybe like I'd be kind of cool. That could be and cool. Like Shane, because Shane could be coming after Kofi to, you know, defend the McMahon. Obviously, Vince didn't want Kofi in that right. spot. So this could be Vince to like Shane. Yeah, get my belt back. Shane being the heel now that makes that will make sense storyline wise. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so before we uh, before we wrap this up, let's talk about a uh, couple of the other matches on the card. Got new Raw Tag Champions Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder Goodbye, in the pre show. A E W A E W. Oh my goodness! How about the revival? They Dash saves the day against Bret Hart and has to drop the Raw Tag right. Titles the next night. <laughs> to Kurt Hawkins, nonetheless. To Kurt Hawkins, nonetheless. So whatever. Good for Kurt and Zach. I always like seeing yeah. Zach win. But Zach's you know what, though, in, in terms of like I said earlier, the production of the whole the whole event, it's a babyface event, so it made sense. It, right. At some point, Kurt Hawkins had to get a win. He had to, right. so why not get a win in his hometown at WrestleMania? On right. the grandest stage of them all. Boom. He just right. had a WrestleMania moment. Uh, Carmella won at the Women's Battle Royal. And as expected by most, Braun Strowman won the Men's Battle Royal. I got to make a point, and we were talking about this. Battle Royals are hard to follow live. Yes, extremely. <laughs> extremely. I do want to mention a couple honorable mentions. I appreciated the return of Ember Moon and Luke Harper. Yes. Uh, I loved that Especially spot. Ember. With uh, Luke Harper and Ali, 
when Braun Strowman uh, gave Luke the big boot as he was suplexing Ali over the rope, and they both took that bad spill outside of the ring. Ali smashed his face on the corner of the commentating table, had to get stitches in his head. Oh, yep. Ouch. You got you got to find the video Ouch. for that. He, he took a bad spill. Okay. But on the women's okay. side, uh, Amber looked really strong. I really hope the shakeup happens and she goes to SmackDown. I want to see her get involved in something with substance and not just be that extra female for those six-woman tag matches, you know? Right. I want to see her have Absolutely. a singles feud. And say what you want to say, dude. Riot Squad looked fucking strong in the match. It doesn't matter, they that they, doesn't matter that they had a lot of eliminations or not. They looked strong as a cohesive team, and I think it, 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 mean, it shows a lot where they had Sarah Logan as one of the final two. I wished, of course, it would have been Ruby. That was the final one because I want, I want Ruby to look strong going into this the 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 refresh now of WWE, but I definitely think they look strong as a cohesive unit in that match. Agreed. Come at me, bro. Come at me. Um, let's talk about <laughs> SmackDown tag titles. I got nothing to say. I'm with you, dude. That that was a that was a great match, man. That tag match was great. Yeah, great match. Uh, Usos retained. Did Ricochet and Black looks. Ricochet and Alistair Black look strong again. I thought they were going to win after yeah. losing the night before at TakeOver. Yeah. I mean, I had my money on Nakamura and Rusev. But of course you did. <laughs> but, I did but notice, though, again, storytelling-wise, who took the pin? Sheamus. It, you would think it would have been Rusev or Nakamura, but it wasn't. Right. No, you're absolutely right. So I absolutely always look right. at things like that, and I, and that, I feel like that means something in terms of the storytelling. So I think we're going to see more of the bar and more of the Usos and I, less of Ricochet and Alistair? No, I think we're going to see less of Alistair and Ricochet, but I don't think we're going to see... I think we're going to see more of Rusev and Nakamura as a credible tag team. Uh, okay. whether, regardless of what brand you had uh, on your shakeup, brought them over to Raw, and I think they'd be a perfect tag team to fit into either division. Right. That's obviously until they do what I want them to do, and that's unify the tag titles. <laughs> he's ain't gonna give up on it no. um, let's, do, let's go into the, let's talk about the two main card title matches uh, Samoa Joe he came out he squashed Rey Mysterio Rey's hurt Rey, Rey was cleared but he not need, cleared yeah and in the 16 match card you're gonna need a squash here and there so yeah. boom and no problem Joe and, looks strong Joe needed that and I, I'm really pissed because I, I, I'm with you. There should have been a squash match, and I really thought it would have been uh, the IC title match, Balor versus Lashley. So unfortunately, I now owe Doc a beer because <laughs> I bet Doc that it, under three minutes, Balor would win. But it ended up being four minutes and, what, two seconds? Something like that. You're off by a minute. I, was, I should so, have said four minutes. Maybe I would have been closer. Could have had the over-under. It was a TKO. <laughs> but uh, what what'd you think? I appreciated the placement of that match, second to last for the IC title. That's pretty cool. Yeah. IC, IC title, title doesn't always get that good of a spot on the card. I think that was a really good spot. I feel like that really puts the IC title in that um, in that upper echelon where it's like, hey, this is the, the step you take before you go to the championship. Even though, yes, it was the woman's title. I know it was the main event. But right. For that division, that's their championship. And I like right. the placement, though, of the IC title. And, and, and Demon Finn was also good to get the crowd a little pumped up again towards the yeah. end of the night, getting Demon Finn. Very, so, very yeah, once again, that live, too. 
Very cool to witness it, that live. Yeah, you know, so Finn kept them the night of the faces continuing. Mm-hmm. I think Shane and Joe are like the only heels that won. They were. Yeah. Yes. So, it's impressive stuff. Um, also, um, I can't talk too much about this because I was still on. The, I was still getting to my seat for most of this match as I was at a wait. At a wait for uh, take care of my little cousins in the parking lot before we headed inside, and I missed Nice and. Uh, Neeson Murphy. Did you, I know you caught it, so tell me about it a little bit. All right. From uh, again, I have to go back and watch it and see how it comes across on TV. But it was definitely a great match to open up the night. It had a lot of high spots. Tony Nice came out victorious, which was awesome. Again, another hometown babyface. When I think he was the babyface in their feud again. I don't watch 205 every week to really know, but I know there's been a storyline between those two uh, going into Mania. But it looked, it was a really good match. And again, I want to go back and watch it on the network uh, just to watch some of those spots a little more up close. And I believe there is. Oh, one I'm sorry. More match. On that note, Wait. I'm sorry. Oh, what? I think Buddy Murphy dropped the title because I think they have bigger plans for him on the main roster. That's why I've read, a lot. I've, read, I've read that in a few places that Buddy Murphy, they want to bring him up kind of like they did with, with Mustafa Ali yeah. and get him on the main card mm-hmm. and get him on Raw or SmackDown. So. Yeah. If that's the case, good for Buddy. He deserves it. He's, he's, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, I believe, the final match of the night that we haven't spoken of. Uh, the farewell for Kurt Angle against Baron fucking Corbin. Such a shame, man. This match could have been so much better. Um, I, I think this match was just to get Kurt Angle's entrance one last time. That's I, I think he just wanted to have that entrance at WrestleMania one last time. I don't think it mattered to him on who the person was on who we took the L to. I think it was more about him just being on the card, being at Mania, let's have the entrance. And he says his farewell speech and he gets the you suck. And I think that's what he wanted. He had that moment with they, his wife outside of the ring too on his way back. They should have had that match with Thugonomic Cena, who also made to return why not have thugonomic cena come in exactly He's cut a promo card, right yeah already on the card cut a promo mm-hmm. get the crowd behind him the crowd's already gonna be hyped to you suck angle right. you can have thugonomic cena play in on that instead of having which was essentially a useless segment with elias that did not need to be on the card yeah. it was just taking up space on an already you know all night and that segment also happened very late on the card i feel like that segment could have happened sooner uh, same it could have happened on Raw. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. So anyway, that that's some of my final thoughts. I my full thoughts are WrestleMania 35. Uh, in terms of grading the show, I give it a a very solid B, if not a B plus. Um, they need to work on the timing issues. They need to get these WrestleMania started earlier. They need to really decide what matches need to be on the card and do a little better at the placement. But the end ring action was, was very top notch. Um, I thought the crowd was top notch. Everything was real entertaining. There was just a great vibe throughout the whole night. Yeah. Um, way better than WrestleMania 29. When I was at WrestleMania 29, did not feel as big fight and feel as fire as it did for this one. So kudos to a good WrestleMania, a definite B to B plus uh, production for me. I would definitely have to give this WrestleMania an A. This is definitely one of my top five WrestleManias. I, I'd say they, I think they, they nailed it. 
and I've been saying it for weeks. You know, they they did what I said they were gonna do. They had that baby face WrestleMania, and it really helped put over a lot of superstars in the eyes of the casual fans who didn't know them before last night. And I think it's a right. smart business move to do this before they make the move over to Fox because they're going to be getting a lot of new eyes on this product now. So, okay, how and when do we sell it? Well, when do we get those casual fans to tune in? WrestleMania every year. So we're going to make this a feel-good mania. We're going to show them what we're about. We're going to put on some really good, really good bouts, entertaining bouts, entertaining segments. And we're going to, again, I've been saying it, the video packages, top-notch video packages. I was a little underwhelmed with the triple threat women's video package i wanted more out of that but again i'll have to go back and watch and see how it looks on the tv for, you know compared to watching it up on the titan con i think the video packages well produced could be a little shorter uh yeah i think so i think i think they could say a lot in a shorter amount of time i agree with that definitely it's a little yeah but i think that they they excelled at selling their product last night to those casual fans and I definitely, this is definitely one of the top WrestleManias. And I'm just happy to say that I got to be there live to witness my first WrestleMania with some great friends, with my, my good brothers, Doc and Johnny. And yeah, amazing experience. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, before we uh, go, this, of course, is the last show on our content marathon that we've had for the past week. So after this uh, recording, Kayfabe Classics and Sunday Night Aftermath and Smarky Single Run and all our extra shows will be Patreon exclusive. So this is the last non-Patreon exclusive bonus fourth wall fan programming you will be getting. <laughs> yes. So please go to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast and join the fourth wall fam. We have multiple tiers to choose from. $1 gets you early access to our weekly show. $3 gets you exclusive content. $5 and $10 gets you all of that and so much more. So check us out at patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast. Well, fam, we have JC Bones. I'm Doc Hostley. I hope you enjoyed WrestleMania weekend. It's like our Christmas for wrestling fans. I did. And we will, uh, I know you did. I know Smarky did. We have for the whole fourth wall fam. Have a good night. See you next year at WrestleMania in Tampa. Woo! Too sweet. Ruby Riot, I love you. I can't even boo, dude. My voice is so gone. <laughs>